Welcome back to the Growth Guide. Today we have Chris McDowell, founder at Brist Tectonic and SEO firm. Thank you, Chris, for joining us today. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. To start, can you give a brief overview of your experience and background in SEO and kind of how you got started? Yeah, of course. So I started SEO several years ago and I promised myself I would never get into it. Um, I always thought it was really confusing and really difficult. And I moved to Bristol in the UK and I landed in amongst a group of really creative businesses. And I just seemed to be the person that everybody seemed to talk to, asking about how they got found online. Um, and my business just grew from there, really. Um, I used to do a lot of web design and a lot of other IT related things. But I really niched down into SEO then to help small businesses. And that's kind of where the mission driven project came from uh, and where I am today. That's good. So, yeah, because small businesses, like there's a big need, especially in local markets, because it's local versus national SEO is a complete different game. And in our experience, local SEO is so much easier to win, win at. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it all it varies no matter where you are. And what we've really found is, you know, you could have one company in Bristol competing for the same thing. Um, or you could be trying to rank the same thing in Boston and you've got to have completely separate strategies, but local is yeah, far easier than national based, based <laughs> campaigns for sure. So in your opinion, what are the most important SEO fundamentals that every business owner should be aware of? Some of the most important fundamentals for SEO are going to be a good website structure. So a lot of people try to be all things to all people. And essentially, you start seeing a lot of websites with a lot of information on a lot of pages. And when Google or other search engines, there are other search engines available, start indexing these websites and web pages, Google's going to look at it and say, what do you want to get found for? And if you've got too much information about too many different things on one page, it's going to look at it and say, I don't know what you want to get found for. Therefore, you're really going to struggle. Whereas if you've got lots of pages talking about the same thing, you're going to come into something called keyword cannibalization, where Google doesn't know which page to pick off your website to rank for that thing. So it's really important to have a really clear structure of what you're offering and keep it really clean and simple so people can understand it as well as Google. That makes sense. I think it comes down to kind of having good content as well within those within those pages. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, content is the thing that will get you further in, in the SEO world than almost anything else these days. And there's so many algorithm updates that go on around content. So whether it's useful or helpful, um, you're always going to be writing for the person who's reading it and you're not writing for search engines. So essentially, and in the nicest possible way, search engines don't care about you and your business. They care <laughs> about the person searching for something. So if you're providing content and answers to somebody who's looking for that thing, Google is more likely to put you in front of those people. You talked a little bit about algorithm changes with the content, but as a whole, how has SEO evolved over the years into what strategies look like today? Oh, that's a really good and very big question. So <laughs> SEO used to be really straightforward in what you did. It was updating a few titles, a few keyword counts, Obviously, as the internet's evolved, there's more websites out there, there's more content out there, there's a lot more competition for what everybody wants to get found for. So strategies have to evolve based off of your industry, the sort of thing people are searching for, 
attention spans are getting far shorter these days as well. So, you know, videos, quick content, things that people can get an answer to really quickly is something that Google and other search engines look to put in front of others. Because what you want to do is target the intent of what people are searching for. SEO works very differently if you're trying to sell a product or if you're trying to sell a service. So you've got to really tailor what you're selling to the content, which will then get in front of the right people. A little bit now on intent. How do you use intent when you approach your keyword research? That is one of the most complicated things you can do. It's very simple on the face of it. Intent is all around what part of the, what stage of the journey is the person on that is searching for something. So we've got to understand, are they just looking to get some information about something or are they looking to make that purchase? And a lot of what we need to do is get found for the right thing at the right stage as well. So is it somebody researching a new diet, a new product? You know, it could be how, you know, how good is the latest iPhone camera? And you could start creating content around iPhone camera, iPhone 11 versus iPhone 12 camera. So it could be looking at you know, the intent of somebody looking at the quality of photos that come out of phones these days. And you've really got to work out your niche in terms of what you want to get found for. That can then lead into a bigger strategy, a bigger content piece on your website. And you can have these micro intents throughout your website to help paint this really big picture of what you talk about. But the idea is you want to tailor your content to different stages of that buyer's journey. Is that kind of the same thing when you're kind of just doing overall keyword selection or is it a little bit different? Um, it's a little bit different. So overall keyword research is we're going to be looking at, you know, what do you want to get found for? And we look at, you know, what are competitors getting found for? Who is coming up top in search results for certain things? So we want to look at, you know, if you're you're a vending machine manufacturing company. This is one I, I was working on today. You know, you want to be found for the thing you do. You want to be found for being a vending machine manufacturer. But actually, some people might be searching for how to clean a vending machine. So we want to start tailoring content around that to help support it. That can help generate things such as content clusters. So you have your pillars, which is your vending machine manufacturer, and you've got a cluster that can then exist on your website that's talking about how to clean them or how to install them or you know what other whatever other topics come up with vending machines. Um, but what it does is creates that content cluster. So when search engines index your website, it starts to get this really big idea of what you're talking about. So if you've got all these clusters around different areas of vending machines and how you maintain them, but you also make and sell them, Google will look at you and at the search engines and say, you're probably selling and maintaining vending machines. And that's where it's really important to understand if you're going for the thing that you want to get found for, or also you're trying to help people understand, buy into and, and work with your business for these things. Transitioning a little bit to the content side, because anybody listening knows that for me, like we have an ad, we have an ad agency and content agency kind of all wrapped into one and content is king. But for an SEO, what role does high quality and relevant content play in SEO success? Oh, it plays all this, all into the success. So it's really important to have really high quality. So you see a lot of content getting generated by AI at the moment, which is just regurgitating the same information. So 
what you need to do is with is, is create high quality content that's, that's relevant to you and it shows your experience so there's an algorithm um, called EEAT, which is Experience, Expertise, Authority and Trust. I'm not sure if I got those E's the right way around there. Um, but the idea is what you're doing is you're selling, you're talking about a subject, but you're giving your insight into it. So you're giving your feedback, your experience, perhaps a case study that you worked on that can help support what you're saying. So that really brings in that high quality content that Google wants to serve up because what it wants to do is serve good content to people that it knows they're searching for and it's going to help them. And by adding your experience to it, it shows that you're not just generating content to put out there. You're showing, I've been there, I've done it. This is why you should trust me in doing this when you're talking about these things. So you mentioned a little bit before too, is we don't write or make content for the search engine search engines we make it for the users so how do you optimize the content for the users so one of the best ways to optimize content for a user is writing in really plain language so what you want to do is is write something that somebody can read and digest really really quickly you've probably heard of keyword stuffing over the years um it's not it's not really a thing that works anymore. Um, and Google, you, know, you, you can be penalized for it as well. So you wanna make sure that you're writing something natural, but also has got enough content in there and is keyword rich that will help you to get found. So an example is I like reading books. So I went to a bookshop to buy a book so I could read a new book. That's keyword stuffing, it's terrible. Whereas the user intent of it, what you want to do, it's kind of present something to somebody, which is, where can I buy a new book? Um, and then an opening paragraph can say, a new bookshop has opened up in the town near me, you know, come, come down and have a look at what we've got on sale for you. It gives that intent and it gives that natural language to things. But Google and again, other search engines can see that you're talking naturally about the subject of buying books. So with link building, what strategies would you recommend for effective and ethical link building? Because as you know, there's a lot of shady SEO agencies that will just get you links. And that's some quotations for the audio listeners. That's it. It's, it's, it's a really, really strange world when it comes to link building. And not all links are created equal. And you have to really take into consideration what your goals are and what you want to achieve. So if you're a local business who perhaps has a shop or a restaurant, things like citations can be really, really beneficial. So what that does is lets you have basically your business listed in directories and, and things like that where you've got your business address, your contact number. And essentially, the more of that that you do and the more aligned it is, so the content and contact details are the same in lots of places, search engines will index that and essentially say, you know, you're saying you're at this address, this is your phone number, this is what you do. Over time, that will basically reinforce you are doing these things in these places. That's really good for local businesses, shops and things. When it comes to online businesses and, re and, and sort of national-based businesses, it's very different in terms of how you want to go about getting backlinks. So links are really, really powerful. Um, it used to be all about going after really high authority links and getting those, which 
they're great they do definitely have their place um but they are typically more difficult to go and get when you're especially when you're a small business some websites command really high fees to get uh, placed on there um you know and i think there's, there's definitely some google guidelines that suggest that you shouldn't be paying for links of course that is a, a way that links happen because people will pay to be placed on websites and have links back to them but it's doing it in a natural way so it's not a sponsored post essentially because what you want to be doing depending on what you want to get found for you know is it brand recognition or is it talking about the thing you do so when you start to have content out there that is talking about the thing you do and it's really natural what that's doing is telling search engines you know, you've got somebody over there talking about you for the thing you do. And when they go to your website, you are talking about those things. Therefore, you know, it builds this trust, this authority in what you're talking about. So a really natural way of doing it is we work with a lot of um, people in the wedding industry, so photographers, florists, venues. You know, we might work with a wedding magazine website, as an example, and we'll get some content up there. You know, you've just got engaged, top five things you need to do when you start looking for your venue is looking for your wedding venue, looking for your florist, looking for your wedding photographer. And we would link off then to the wedding florist, to the wedding photographer. It's not talking about their business, it's talking about the things they do, but that builds a really natural link profile. The more of those you can get from more varying ranks of domains, the more authority it gives you to help you rank. Okay, that's really good information. I touched a bit on how SEO agencies, there's kind of a stigma around it, especially with links. What do you think business owners should be cautious of with link building and maybe a shady agency? So it's a really, really interesting approach when it comes to SEO these days, because there's so many, there's plugins, there's AI tools, there's all these things that can help and promise the world. But what you've got to be aware of is, and it comes back to things like content as well, quality is the thing that will get the results. So if you go to some of these online retail websites that will sell you 10,000 backlinks for $100, you know it's not going to be any good. So what you want to do is make sure, you know, where your links are being built, they are in quality, reputable places. So you want to make sure people are visiting those websites. They're getting found for the thing that you want to get found for. So you know we wouldn't put a link on a website that's talking about florists as an example to keep on the wedding florist theme when the website is talking about cars and garages and things like that it's totally irrelevant to, to the subject matter so relevancy and niche is really important and i think that's something that you've really got to pay attention to when you're choosing which agency to work with is do they know your industry and sector because it is different for every single industry for anybody listening that doesn't know much about SEO, it is, I like to say it's not bought, it's earned. But with that being said, Chris, how do you measure the success of an SEO campaign? And are there any KPIs that you're looking for? So we would definitely start to monitor all of your keyword placements. So we use several tools, whether it's SEMrush, SE Ranking, there's, there's loads out there on the market. And what we do is we'll look at what you want to get found for. And we'll start to monitor that. So day one, we would look at, you know, you're ranking in position 20 for this keyword. And we would then monitor throughout the, the process of implementing SEO where your ranking is. Is it going up? Is it going down? 
And obviously, we would always hope it would just go up. But there are things that are out of our control, such as algorithms, which you have to react to. And you have to understand, is it something you need to react to? Is it just an algorithm update that's rolling out at the moment? So it will just fluctuate and it will go back to normal in a few days. Is it a real skill in knowing when to do something or when not to do something? So one of the key KPIs I would always look for is, you know, are you, are you it's a very loose KPI, but are you going in the right direction? Is it getting you traffic? Because at the end of the day, if we're trying to get you found for certain things, we want to make sure people are actually searching for that and it's going to be getting you traffic. So what we'll always do is look at where you are now, where you want to be, is that getting you traffic on the way? And when you're in top page position, if you're still not driving traffic, it will mean that either industry has changed, people are searching for something different, or we need to start capturing a wider audience from what you're selling. Makes sense. What do you? What are the most common mistakes that you see business owners or agencies make when it comes to SEO? I think one of the big thing is content and making changes too quickly. So just to refer back to what I said then, really, it's, there's a real skill set in knowing when to do something or when not to do something. Sometimes you just need to hold for a few days, especially doing algorithm updates, because you don't know what's going on. Nobody knows what's going on. You've just got to watch and see what happens. And what I tend to find is you have clients who have all these great ideas for all these things they want to do on their website. And they will just go and change all the content. They'll change all the things on their, on their pages and you just see their rankings plummet. So it's always worth, especially if you're working with an SEO consultant or an agency, talking with them before you do anything to your site, because actually that page might be the thing driving you all the traffic that then gets you all the conversions for the other things. And I've worked with clients before who've come to me who are going through a process of a website redesign and they want to get rid of all their old blog content because you know it's not relevant to them anymore they just want their services and i did a bit of digging and it was driving 96 percent of all their traffic and if they got rid of that they would have just disappeared off the face of the internet so it's really important to analyze what is getting you that traffic before you make any changes to your site I think a lot of things that like I see too, it's clients, they're, they're kind of skeptical, like just kind of leaving like whatever they're paying consultants agencies for and they're still kind of want to be hands on. But sometimes that can be like you talked about the worst thing and it can just kind of screw everything up and you're starting from ground zero all over again. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the key things that I always, I always set up with any of my clients is, you know, it, it's a team effort. We've got to be on the yeah. same page. We've got to understand what your goals are. And you've kind of got to trust the process as well that you know we do know what we're doing and there's definitely this team ethos that we need to bring to it because you know you know your industry far better than i ever will you know the intricacies you know the terminologies we know the the, the general terms we know the things that are going to get you found but actually you've got that expertise which and the experience in that industry which helps play into that eat algorithm which essentially lets you your unique insight in there which creates that quality content so it's just about teamwork really to get it get it working get it implemented and get a new ranking and we see that with everybody the more people put into the effort of, of seo in the process the more they get out of it 
hundred percent. So just wrapping up, where do you see the future of SEO heading and how should businesses prepare for those changes? Oh, even I'm a bit scared about that answer. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with the rate, with the rise of AI at the moment, it's difficult to tell where it's going. I think one of the really interesting things that is coming out of this year is Google's SGE, which is essentially the way it's going to start displaying content to people. So what I believe it's going to be doing, um, I know there's no, no real official, this is the final, the final product, um, it's going to be summarizing the, the best results, the best content in a really short, sharp way that people can digest and then go and click on the links to get more detail. What it means is going back to what you said earlier, quality content is going to be the thing that's going to get you onto page one. And that is the way that it's going to start presenting information to people because, you know, you can ask Alexa, Siri, anybody for information and they're going to present you with an answer to something. And all they've done is gone and searched the internet and summarized the answer to something to provide it to you. So what you want to do, not be afraid of AI from this perspective at all. You just want to make sure that your content is the thing it's picking to relay that answer. Definitely content is king. It doesn't matter what vertical you're in. It's content is always going to be king, especially absolutely. like you said with AI. Regurgitated garbage. Yeah, absolutely. And it's only ever going to show you quality content. And that's what it's about. And that's why I think everybody needs to really, really kind of get focused on is that making sure that you know, you've got the relevant experience. You've got the information you can put out there to prove you are given the right information. Chris, where can our viewers find you? So I've got um, my, my own website, briztectonic.co.uk. And then I am Briztectonic on all social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, all, all of them. Um, I'm definitely more active on Instagram. For the audience look, watching, I'll make sure to put all those links down below in the show notes and in the descriptions. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks very much for having me.